Hi everyone. This evening I have Lucy Mwiruri from Kenya. Thank you very much for having me, Dr. Hasib. I'm Lucy Mwiruri. I'm based in Nairobi, Kenya. I think one of the unique things about Nairobi is the only city which has got a national park. And we have very good weather. I've been to the US and I think I longed to be back home. Oh, wonderful. My background is in computer. I did have a bachelor's in computer science, and then I specialized in information security then. Mm -hmm. I've been in the field for 15 years. Mm -hmm. I began as a system administrator. Then I became an information security administrator. And since 2006, I've been in the information security field. I've had the privilege of working for various organizations, like the biggest telecom company that we have, which is actually the biggest in East and Central Africa. I've worked in the banking sector, and I've worked even in the NGO sector. I've actually worked for World Vision International, which has its offices in Monrovia in the US. And right now, I am working in a startup. I am helping businesses to understand cybersecurity as a business enabler, not as a cost center. Yes. That is wonderful. That is exactly the way I have always done this. Although I've never actually separated security, I've always said that anytime you do information strategy or digital strategy, security is an aspect of it. And so you can never separate it. And so I never separated it. That is absolutely wonderful. Great to meet you. Thank you for coming, Lucy. What do you want to talk about? I'd like us to discuss the emerging threats in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. Most of organizations, right from the United Nations to the World Bank, to even individual corporate organizations, mm -hmm. they are all adopting a cloud-first strategy. Mm -hmm. And when I began in cybersecurity, I realized network security was a big deal then. Mm -hmm. But now I'm just wondering, with this cloud-first strategy, how is it going to affect the cybersecurity career and the required skills in the next few years? What are your, your views? <laughs> this is almost the same kind of a question that I had when Novell was being pushed out by Microsoft. I basically said, look, we're going into a more complex world and there will be triple the jobs that there are now. And so I feel like as a digital strategist and a professional in this kind of a space, it is time for us to celebrate because the idea that just going to the cloud is somehow going to reduce the cost. Yes, it reduces cost, but it also increases the complexity. And most people forget about that part. They forget about the fact that when you go to the cloud, you have to have diverse clouds. In other words, you cannot put all your eggs in one basket, one cloud, or one vendor, because we have heard of vendor lockouts, vendor go out of business. This could happen. Or vendor increases their prices all of a sudden. <laughs> what do you do? Because at some point, you're going to have to face that situation. It happens all the time. I've never done cloud without doing diverse clouds or having replication from one vendor's cloud to another vendor's cloud. That is the only way I've always done it. Okay, that's interesting. So if today you're to compare the kind of skills you are looking for 15 years ago in a cybersecurity professional, 
compared to the kind of skills you'll be looking for today. And an organization has fully adopted the cloud. What would be the major difference? The major difference would still be that they need to be contract savvy. They really need to be able to understand how to share the risk because there is a risk that is now being shared between multiple vendors. Where does it end? Where does it, where does it begin? This complexity is definitely there, which a typical 15 years ago, none of these people would have to worry about that. That the technology skills are going to be different. You're going to have to rethink how your help desks is, all those levels of support, everything has to be rethought. It still needs to be a strategy kind of a person. You will still need that aspect in your organization and not just technology people. Okay. According to the security magazine, it had indicated that uh, actually in July 2020, the U.S. is having an acute cybersecurity skills shortage. Mm-hmm. And as much as people would tend to think that the cybersecurity skills shortage is global, mm-hmm. I think it is not global because in Kenya, mm-hmm. we've got certified ethical hackers, we've got people with certified information systems auditor, certified information security manager, CSSP, who don't have jobs. Mm. I think this is an opportunity for us to have outsourcing. I don't think that that is necessarily the issue over there, because even in the United States right now, I know of people with master's degrees and they don't have jobs either. Part of the problem is we kind of talked a little bit about this power situation with Dr. Shaquita, Howard Bostic. The problem is that the wrong people are in power in most organizations. This is not true just in the United States. This is true all over the world. The kinds of people that are in power are the finance kinds of people. And in the modern organization, they're not very qualified to run the modern organization because the modern organization is all about digital strategy. Those finance kinds of people see people as an expense and they treat people as an expense even in the accounting system. So they will never hire people. Now, the funny thing is the same people will blow a whole bunch of money on equipment and machines, but they won't spend it on the people. Don't ask me how that psychology works, but maybe it has to do with the accounting system. Maybe they can depreciate and is used, that machine could be used as a capital asset. I don't know what logic they use, but this hiring problem is global. These people won't hire the people. They will go to their vendor, ask for some technology solution. They're doing the cloud the same way. They're not hiring the right people to do the cloud. They're just outsourced to the cloud and worry about the issue later. This is happening all over. Okay, interesting to hear. The power structure has to change. That's why I've been saying that the people that are more qualified in digital strategy, they need to be in positions of power. It's the same reason why we're having the breaches all over. You hear about breach after breach after breach. The issue isn't technology. The issue is the people. The people in power are unqualified and they are excluding the qualified people because as soon as they hire the qualified people, the fact that they're unqualified would be exposed in a bigger way. I've had situations where people who graduated from my programs or even were studying in my programs but hired and found that their chief information security officer that they're working for has some Joe Blow degree and maybe not even a degree. 
and doesn't know much and then is very threatened by these people coming out with qualifications. You talked about the certifications, all of these things. Many people are in positions of power without any of those qualifications. Okay. I think that it's just going to be a matter of time until organizations realize that they have to change their strategy. Because I think also in, with the development of regulation like the GDPR, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a costly affair to the organizations if they have breaches. Mm -hmm. Then another aspect I find very interesting about your profile mm -hmm. is the fact that you are a cybersecurity professional. Mm -hmm. You are also into personal branding mm -hmm. and public speaking. Mm -hmm. How can a cybersecurity professional be able to combine those skills Mm -hmm. to create multiple streams of income. This is one of the things that I am publishing in this book because this is the thing that I was seeing. I was seeing this massive problem that you talked about. And in some ways, Dr. Shukwita also talked about that same kind of problem. The problem is that there are people in positions of power that are excluding a lot of other people. So the only way I thought that I could defend without trying to solve it at a macro level. I cannot solve it at the macro level, but at the micro level, what I can do is I can help people develop their sources of power, which is their personal brand. In the old world, a person's power was defined by their position in an organization. So if they rose to a particular position of power in an organization, that was their position of power. And if they ever lost it, they would become nobody immediately. So that is why people were very, very protective about maintaining that positions of power. However, in this modern world, if you start developing your multiple streams of income, so let's say you publish books, you do talks, you do all kinds of things, and then you start creating educational content. And at some point, people are, conferences are sponsoring so your content. For example, right now, this conversations with Dr. Cybersecurity, this thing can be put in a conference as a segment where it becomes interesting. We talk and all that because not too many people can put together a conversation like this and have it be useful, educational, but also entertaining. Because at the end of the day, if you have a single speaker going on and on for one hour, it's going to be boring. And many, many conferences have those kinds of boring sessions. These kinds of things can change things, and that creates additional sources of power, branding, and when you start to create that power and your brand has value, guess what happens? Now you're going to get a company that's going to come after you. Instead of you going for a job, multiple companies are going to come after you to affiliate with that Lucy Mururi brand. As soon as they know that if that brand is associated with my company, the value of my company goes up. That is what needs to happen. So for example, right now, even if I don't work for any organization, my brand value does not change because my brand value right now is independent of any organization. As a matter of fact, every time I affiliate with any organization, the value of that organization goes up, the value of the program goes up. So that's how you do it that creates your ability to also negotiate your salary, your compensation, and all of those things based upon the value you bring. You can negotiate promotions that way. And that is what I'm talking about in this book because I realize that I have to write this book. 
I've been working on it, toying about it for several years, but recently this pandemic and all the layoffs and all the situations, I started thinking, my God, people need this desperately. So I started talking about it at various events and conferences and they started saying, oh yeah, this makes sense. Because that's one of the things that I was able to do. I don't want to work for oppressive kinds of situations. And that happened to me. Recently, I had to leave an organization because all of a sudden, I'm reporting to a PhD in English, and I didn't want that situation, who was also intending to micromanage me. And I'm like, I'm the expert here. <laughs> I don't want to be micromanaged. You either leave me alone, you can be my boss, but you cannot micromanage me. Oh, that's interesting. But because I have that independent source of power, I was able to say no. Because we often enable these situations also. I bet you the situation where I didn't tolerate it, what will that do? It will make the organization rethink. Because I'm sure that as more people start to develop their independent sources of power, the oppression will have to stop at some point because the organization is simply not going to make any, enough money to sustain all those people. Remember, if we bring in the money, because we're the ones bringing in the money, then the people above us who either won't teach, they're just pure administrators, right? Earning two, three times our salary. They won't be able to sustain because if we are the ones bringing in the money, we refuse to bring in the money for them, that can change the power equation. And I believe that's, that's what needs to happen more yeah. and more. Yeah. So we need to build our own brand Correct. so that even companies would want to be associated with us. Exactly. The concept is called getting control of your income so that you can determine your outcome. Excellent. I've found that depending on somebody's character, mm -hmm. personality, and even their, their strengths and weaknesses, you find like in cybersecurity, you have some people who are more likely to do well in the technical side of cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. That is in ethical hacking, application security and the like. And then there are others who do very well in uh, cybersecurity governance, risk, and, and compliance. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. But you find most organizations at the entry level, they hire for the technical skills. Mm -hmm. So we end up with these people growing up the ladder, mm -hmm. and they end up at the top doing governance, risk, and compliance. Mm -hmm. What tips would you give someone who is good in governance, risk, and compliance? Yes, they want to get in at that level of governance, risk, and compliance, but they have not grown through the ladder. Interesting. This is a very difficult question because I sincerely believe to succeed in the field, you have to know a little bit about a lot of things. I still believe you, still, you may need to specialize, but I believe every person needs to have that broad background. And that is one of the reasons my first book, the Cybersecurity Leadership Book, I believe is important for anybody. It doesn't matter what aspect of cybersecurity they're in, because it gives you that broad understanding of the field. And you also know that all of those parts are important because you cannot just do one part and hope to succeed. So you just mentioned that. They hire the technical people, but they ignore the policy people and they ignore the leadership people. Sometimes they ignore the people altogether. They don't even get the hiring, the technical people. They just buy the technology, right? And then hope that it works. So I think the issue is that the business people, all of these people really need to understand the whole field. Part of the problem is that the business people are not getting re-educated. 
they are going into the business schools that were built in the 1970s or so. They don't understand how to run modern organizations. We're in the fourth industrial revolution. They are still governing and becoming executives in the old world. And that's the other big problem. So I think that everybody needs to have that broad background and then they can specialize. It's almost like having what, what I call is a T personality. You need to be able to have that broad ability to apply and know about a lot of things, even though you may specialize in one or two things, which is the stem of the T. Okay. That's the way I am. See, I have that broad background, but I don't really know programming, but I know what kind of a programmer or what I need the outcome to be to hire the right kinds of programmers, okay? But I don't have to be a programmer myself, but I know that I need that. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I think that is very clear that for all of us in cybersecurity, we somehow need to understand, what's say, a 360-degree view. Yes. But then after that, specialize. And also understand that we're always working for the mission of the organization. So if I go from one organization to another, I cannot do the exact same thing. I need to understand the new organization, the new organization mission, risks, people, their history, culture, what they have, and then adapt my strategy to the new organization. So that is the other mistake that a lot of people make is that they go from one organization to another and they try to do the exact same thing. That doesn't work. See the mission? Most people don't understand that one either. But it was fantastic to talk to you, Lucy. We really covered a lot of interesting topics. So thank you very much for joining us from all the way from Kenya.